This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you on a Tuesday, September the 5th, as we started. I mean, it's, it's football season now. It is week one of the NFL season. The Eagles are back. It's it's Eagles Radiothon on WIP. And, of course, we now look forward to week one and the start of what should be an incredible Eagles season. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, and, of course, watching the show on YouTube. Tucker Bagley will join me so, join me soon to give his takes here. But I, I so I, I've been doing this, I think, for the past – I think five years, uh, five or six seasons. And this started off as a, a, a column I would write for the WIP website. And it would be, you know, just the number of the year, right? So 2018. So 18 takes on the 2018 Eagles. And then went to 19 and 2019, so on and so forth. So today I have 23 takes on the 2023 Eagles. It's kind of like my perception, my feeling, slash some predictions filtered in here. So I'll reel off like seven or eight, and then Tucker will jump on and give his thoughts on on, uh, on what I'm thinking so far as we try to kind of forecast this season and what it's going to be. Today might be a little bit of a longer episode just because there's a lot here. And uh, when I first started this endeavor, I didn't really start doing the math. Like eventually, keep doing this uh, on the show or, you know, however we do it. It's going to get pretty hefty, you know, like 20 years from now, like 43 takes on the 2043 Eagles. But we'll do 23 today for the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let's start off. Number one, Jalen Hurts is going to be even better. And I, I didn't know if I'd feel this way uh, when last season was going on because it felt like how could he be better? But everything coming out of camp, every report about him, you know, forget the mental stuff. You know that's all there. And, and he's in a good space and, and he's a hard worker. I don't think the contract's going to change him at all. But just like would he be better? What, what, could he? Has he reached his ceiling or will, is there more to go? And, and all the reports are his accuracy, his ball placement are even better. It, it's just surprising when the ball touches the ground in practice or in joint practice, Jalen Hurts is going to be an even better quarterback. And what does that mean statistically? I, I don't know. I mean, I would guess he's going to throw for more yards this year because I think the games will kind of express themselves that way. Will he score more touchdowns? Will it be similar? I'm expecting similar efficiency, maybe a slight uptick in in completion percentage. Will he have an interception or two more? Probably because he throws the football more. Uh, interception percentage, I don't expect to change significantly. I mean, if there's a couple tips here and there, maybe it jumps. But I think he'll be smart with the football. He'll be more accurate. 
He'll throw for more yards. I think I think Jones will watch the game and say he's even better. Number two, the loss of both coordinators is going to be a bigger deal than we're making it out to be. I, we went through it on the show on Friday, and it's it's shocking how, how little this actually happens, how rare it is for teams to lose both coordinators off a of Super Bowl 2016 Falcons, 04 Patriots, 94 Niners. Um, I think the 94 Niners, the last time a team lost two head, two coaches, two coordinators, two NFL head coaching jobs, which is the Eagles just did here. So it's like a once in three decade kind of thing. And even if you didn't like Jonathan Gannon, and I imagine most people like Shane Steichen, it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. And there'll be some growing pains earlier this season. Number three, I think at some point here this year, Nick Sirianni is going to be questioned in a big way. He has to be questioned since about October of his first year. It's all been smooth sailing since. Even if you have some little things, I don't think there's been big questions about Nick Sirianni and his viability as a rising coach in the NFL. I think that changes this year. I think the Eagles will have some turbulence. There'll be some ups and downs over the course of the season. There's a really difficult stretch of their schedule that we'll get to in, in one of my takes on this team. But I think Sirianni gets the question marks because everyone loves Jalen. I think Jalen will be even better. The new coaches are brand new. They probably get some leeway. It's not like you know years of like, oh, that Gannon guy stinks. You know, is Sean Desai really going to get the ire of everybody in Philadelphia? I doubt it. Is is Brian Johnson? I doubt it. It comes back to Sirianni's fee. I think he gets questioned for the first time. Number four, the running back room, not only does it miss Miles Sanders, they're better without him. I think this Eagles running game will be better without Miles Sanders. And I, I don't know exactly how it's going to shape up and who's going to get all the touches here, the red zone or that, but, but I just think as a whole, when the season ends, we're going to say this was a more explosive and better running back, you know, combination than what they had with Miles Sanders. Number five, a young cornerback is going to enter the lineup at some point this season, likely through injury, and he's not going to leave the lineup, and he'll be a starter next season. Now, who is that? Is it Keely Ringo? Is it Eli Ricks, who seems to be the guy right now that has, has really impressed everybody and become a real player for the, you know, that, that made the team, you know, even though his pedigree in terms of draft status, said, ah, maybe not. He made the team. Howie Rosewood, apparently, according to Ricks, told him, you know, when they signed him, uh, you know, after the draft, that there's no reason you shouldn't make this team. So Eli Ricks might be the guy. But there's some age in this corner room on the outside with Bradbury and Slay. If one of them has an injury, a guy like Eli Ricks or whoever comes in, they may never give that job back. Number six, Dallas Goddard's going to have the breakout season that everyone's been waiting for, for years. I mean, it feels like every year's like, this is it. This is the Dallas Goddard breakout season. I think this is actually it. You look at his catch percentage last year, it was off the charts. I think it was about 80%, which go look up and down the NFL. Receivers, tight ends, you don't see that number very often. Like, I'd say between 65 and 75% is, is the high end you see in the NFL for the best receivers. Some guys are more towards 60, but there's a lot of volume there. And when you're catching 80% of the passes thrown your way, it's remarkably efficient. Stay on the field more, few more targets, and Dallas Goddard has himself a gigantic season. Number seven, offensive line depth is going to become a sneaky issue. I've been knitting on this show all summer. I don't think the offensive line depth here right now is as good as it used to be. And one through five, if they keep all the starters healthy all year, between Mylotta and Dickerson and Kelsey and Jurgens and Lane, they'll be excellent. A top five offensive line, no doubt. But if one or two of those guys go down, I don't love what's behind them. For the first time in a while, I'm like, I don't know. Andre Dillard's gone. And you can laugh at that, but he was obviously a higher-end backup, especially as a pass protector. Juergens is no longer a backup that can roll in. He's a starter. It is weak behind those guys. 
And it, it does concern me. Number eight, and then we'll get Tucker's thoughts on the first wave of these takes. Howie Roseman's going to secure another Executive of the Year award, but this time it comes through a midseason trade. I think we're in a season with all these young quarterbacks in college football, led by Caleb Williams, Drake May, who knows, maybe Deion Sun, that are going to have all these teams, bad teams in the NFL, saying it's not worth it. It's not worth squeezing out six or seven wins when we can get to four or five wins and put ourselves in the, in the mix for a top 10 pick, a top five pick, you know, and get one of these stud quarterbacks. I mean, there might be five or six first rounders in next year's draft. So I think we're going to have either loud Arizona or softer tanks around the NFL, maybe the Rams, maybe the Bucks. a bunch of teams that are going to say, screw it. We're, we're just, we're going to sell off pieces. And I think this is going to be a year where potentially Buda Baker is available midseason. If the Eagles have an injury on their defensive line, especially in the interior, I think Aaron Donald's going to be available by Halloween. These are the guys that could change the fortune of any team in the NFL, kind of put you over the top kind of move. I think the Eagles, you know, and look about their history, Golden Tate, Jay Ajayi, how he does this. When they have a chance to go for it, they push all in. And I think that he's going to secure an executive of the year award by going for one of the, those big names at the deadline. Let's bring Tucker in here as I'm uh, eight takes in on the 2023 Eagles. Tucker, what hits you with the uh, the first wave there? I mean, the the big one that, that I kind of thought of, and I agree with, is, is Dallas Goddard having a breakout year. And I think it really comes down to just him staying healthy. Um, he was on WIP uh, probably about a month ago, or uh, some podcast, and he said that he expected for him, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown to all have 1,000 yards. I thought, well, that's silly. And I looked it up. I think there's like three teams ever who have done it. And the last one was like the 08 Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, and uh, whoever their tight end was at, at the time. You look at their numbers last year, and Dallas got an average 67 yards a game, which is more than enough to get to 1,000. I think you need to be around like 58, 59 to get to 1,000. The issue is he only played 12 games, right? He, he was hurt. He missed, you know, kind of the, the third quarter of the season. If he stays healthy, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to. The Eagles are 22nd in, in passing attempts a year ago, strictly because they were up so big at halftime. They kind of just let the air out of the football and, and kind of sat on it in the second half of most games. But considering what the schedule looks like, I don't think they're going to blow teams out the way they did last year. They're going to be way up in that. Like, I don't know if they're going to be top 10 in, in passing attempts, but they'll definitely be in the top half of the NFL. And – you kind of look at their wide receiver and, and tight end room, like maybe DeAndre Swift is a you know threat in the passing game, but they don't really have a fourth guy behind Smith, Brown, and, and Goddard to get those targets. So 100%, like if this becomes a, a more pass-heavy offense strictly based on the, the situations they find themselves in, if Dallas Goddard stays healthy, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't get 1,000 yards. Yeah, he's going to have a gigantic year. I mean, just it feels like he's poised for that. He's ready for it. And, uh, and Goddard's, you know, he's good enough to do it. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's one of the top five ten ends of the game and he's always hovered in that area, but he hasn't really had the numbers to say definitely he is. I think this year he guessed. All right, let's continue. Number nine, 23 takes in the 2023 Eagles. Number nine is Devontae Smith's contract demands, or at least the, the kind of the framework of what he might want when this season ends. They, they leak as these things tend to do. And there's legitimate question in Philadelphia on whether or not the Eagles could keep him and A.J. Brown, and have a highly priced quarterback at the same time. Not many teams do it. I know the NFL is changing, and it's more wide receiver-centric, but it's not easy to pay top dollar for quarterback and multiple receivers. I mean, we saw, we've seen teams move on from players, and I think Javante and this contract will get done at some point. 
whether it be this coming off season, you know, before next year, during next year, the Eagles have some leverage here because they have a fifth year option. But if he's off to a big start this year and Justin Jefferson gets paid, I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that the demands or the idea from Devontae's camp are, are right there or right underneath Jefferson, which could be about 30 million a year, which is a lot of money for on this team, their number two wide receiver. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Number 10, the, the most productive Eagle rookie this year on defense will not be Jalen Carter. It's going to be Nolan Smith. And that's not a knock on Jalen Carter because I'll talk about him in a little bit. I think he's... He's obviously flashed enough to be like, wow, this kid has some ability. I think we'll see that when the games begin. I just think Nolan Smith is a star, a star in the making. And when he gets healthy, and that, that is a question with his shoulder. It doesn't seem serious, but we'll see when he's 100% as this week goes on, injury reports and all that. But I think Nolan Smith's going to end up as the most productive Eagle rookie defensive player when he's on the field, getting to the quarterback, affecting plays, rushing the quarterback. I'm all in on Nolan Smith. He, I think he's going to be the best player the Eagles drafted this past year. Number tw- 11 on the uh, 23 takes in this team entering the season, Kenny Gainwell is going to lead the team in yards, and he's going to be their closest thing to a lead back. Are the Eagles ever going to have a lead back again like Sean McCoy was back in the day? I, I don't know. I mean, my guess would be they're not because they've realized the economics point to this is the way to do it. There's a value to doing it this way, and they have four guys that can run the football right now. I know everyone is really excited about DeAndre Swift. And he'll have his moments, and he'll be good in the passing game. But the closest thing they have to a lead back, and I, and I am, I'm really honing in on the uh, kind of reps they gave in training camp. Elliot Shore Parks tracked all this. It was so clearly pointed to Kenny Gainwell as their lead guy. I think they trust him the most. He came on in the playoffs last year. Let's not forget that Kenny Gainwell was their best runner in the playoffs. Ran all over the Giants. Ran all over the Niners. I think he's the Eagles' closest thing to a lead back, and he leads them. In yards, number twelve, and this is uh, kind of goes hand in hand with the running back conversation. R- Rashad Penny is going to end up this team's version of Legarrette Blunt. You go back to 2017, the summer of 2017. Legarrette Blunt wasn't getting many carries early in the season. In fact, I think he had one in week two against the Chiefs. Training camp, there were questions if he would get cut. And then as the season went along, he had that big run to beat the Chargers or help beat the Chargers in week four, and he just was steadily. Quality, steadily quality all year long. Big games slowed down a little bit towards the end of the season. They acquired a Jai. They backed off the usage of of Blunt, and then in the playoffs, he revved it back up. I, I think Penny has that kind of ability in this offense. He's not going to be asked to tote the ball a lot, but when he is, I think he'll be really effective. His his yards per carry are ridiculous in his career, and he's never played behind an offensive line this good. Rashad Penny is going to be this team's version of Legarrette Blunt. Number thirteen, neither. The 49ers or the Eagles are going to end up as the number one seed in the NFC. The Eagles are going to be good. We'll get to the win-loss projection and all that coming up in a little bit. But I think the Detroit Lions are going to end up as the number one seed in the NFC. I, I think, you know, in, depending on the conference and who's in it, like in the AFC, it's, it's, a, it's a bloodbath of the top quarterbacks in the league, and usually the Chiefs figure it out. 
In the NFC, I think year to year, in, until we see a little bit more evidence from the Eagles that they could just do this every year like the Chiefs do it, it, it might just end up as a rotating door of who's got the easiest schedule, who has the best path. That was the Eagles last year. They had the schedule. They had the path. They had the number one seed. This year, I think it's Detroit. They're in Kansas City on Thursday night. That's a very difficult game, obviously. They're almost touchdown underdog. But after that, look at their schedule. I mean, they, they could reel off a lot of wins. It would not shock me at all if Detroit is 12-5 and five or 13-4 and four and the number one seed in the NFC. Number 14, Josh Sweat is going to lead the Eagles in sacks, not Hassan Reddick. And Sweat is going to end up as a sneaky Defensive player of the year candidate. Look at Josh Sweat's sack totals year by year. Just steadily rising, 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 rising. I think he's the most underrated player on the team. Josh Sweat is outstanding, and he's only 26 years old. You'd think he's been here a long time. Draft class 2018, came out young, gets better every year. Health's got to stay healthy. Last year, that injury towards the end uh, against the Saints, and two years ago, he had a health scare for the playoff game. Just stay healthy. Josh Sweat could be a 15-sack guy this season. Um, all right, let's throw number 15 in here, and then we'll bring it back to Tucker. Number 15 is, I believe Jordan Davis is going to show why that he was a first-round pick this year. We had a chance to talk to him in training camp. He seems just more ready, just more – just like he just seems like he's comfortable now as an NFL player, not this big college kid who was trying to get his feet under him last year in the NFL. Is he ever going to be a 10-sack guy on the defensive line? Probably not. But I think he's going to be what they drafted him to this year. And he's going to help them in the run game. I mean, last year, their run defense, when he was on the field, about a yard per carry less than when he was off the field. It matters. I think Jordan Davis this year kind of shows, oh, yeah, this is why they were so high on this kid. They could put less in the box, and he could control the run game there. So, Tucker, what do you think about all those as uh, dove into the running backs and uh, some of these young defensive players? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy just how much youth is on the defensive side of this ball. And and as we talk about this team and, you know, really the the aging pieces, guys like Kelsey and Johnson and, and Cox and and Graham, the younger guys, I think, are, are a bigger X factor. Like we, we kind of know what we're going to see from those guys. And maybe we don't get a double digit sack season from someone like Brandon Graham. But I'm really interested in seeing what Jordan Davis is because the Eagles clearly saw something in him when they traded up and, and drafted him. A lot of draft evaluators are really, really high on him. I just wonder, like, what what is his ceiling? Like, at this point, like, I, I'm, I'm sure maybe he isn't a, a double-digit sack guy. That, that's fine. I don't know if you necessarily need him to be that. But if you're not impacting the passing game, if you're not impacting, if you're not playing on third down, which he never played on third down in college either. I mean, his usage at Georgia is pretty similar to what the Eagles did last year before he got hurt. And then he kind of fell out of the rotation as they brought in more veteran pieces um, for the stretch run. But I, I just I, I wonder what his his ceiling and what it what they think he can be, because if he's Vince Wilfork, then, OK, that, that's fine. That, that's great. That That's a you know perennial pro bowler. That's someone that you can build your defense around. But if he's someone like Hollis Thomas, who. I love Hollis. He he was a, a very good eagle for a long time, but not worthy of a top 15 pick, right? And not someone that I'd be trading up for in the first round, especially in the modern NFL, where it is all based around the passing game, right? We can talk all we want about how awful the Eagles run defense was last year. Still won, what, 17 games, 16 games without really even trying to, to defend the run. So I get it. And he's a, a big kid and it's certainly tantalizing to, to watch him in practice and see him push around Cam Jurgens and do all those things. But 
if he's still only playing 30% of the snaps and, and can't get on the field on third down, I don't know. I, I it, It's not a bust, but I need my first-round players to affect key downs, and he hasn't shown that yet. He hasn't, and it's, it's on him to do it this year. And you could tell what, what they, the coaches – and I mean, Fletcher Cox basically said, we need you. I mean, they, they know they need him to step up this year and, and be that defensive tackle of the future next to Jalen Carter. All right, let's round this out. Number 16 in my 23 takes on the 2023 Eagles. By the end of the season, here is the young quarterback, or young quarterback hierarchy in the NFL. This is it in this order as well. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. We're to the point Patrick Mahomes might not be young anymore, but you know what I mean. Like the, the 30 and younger crowd, that, that group of quarterbacks. It's Mahomes, it's Burrow, it's Hurts. One, two, three. That's the way I rank them right now. Some disagree. I saw an athletic poll that had who are the top three quarterbacks, and it was like Mahomes, Burrow, clear one, two. And then it was a lot of, you know, different opinions underneath that. Some Hurts, some Lawrence, some Allen, some Rodgers still. But I, I think by the end of the season, it goes Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, one, two, three. Herbert's four. I'm going to put J- Josh Allen five, but I'm including a sixth. I'm going to say by the end of the year, there is a big six in the NFL that is the f- current and the future of the sport. I'm very, I'm suddenly very high on Kenny Pickett. We talked about him coming out of the draft a couple years ago. I didn't want the Eagles to take him because I wanted to roll with Hurts, small hands. But the kid that grew up an Eagles fan, I, I saw a jump this offseason. And, in you know, obviously the little preseason we saw throwing the ball down the field, he reminds me of uh, a young Tony Romo. I, I think he's going to enter that mix. So it's going to go Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Herbert, Allen, Pickett. That's the top six. Those are the guys moving forward in the NFL. Number 17. After watching the Eagles linebackers earlier this season, it's not going to take long. I say by like week two or three, hashtag trade up for Trot. Obviously, Jeremiah Trotter's son at Clemson is going to be the rallying cry here in Philadelphia. The way it was about Bijan last spring, but it's going to start way before. We're going to start this in the season because I really think this linebacking core for the Eagles is a major question mark. I like the Kobe Dean. I think the Kobe will be fine, but that's a hope and a, and a thought. I don't know that yet. And then the other person next to him, I mean, Zach Cunningham, I, you know, he might look better than the rest just by by happenstance because he's better than Morrow. He's better than Christian Ellis right now. But Zach Cunningham's really been not much of a player in the NFL for a couple of years now. I, I, I feel very wary about what they have at linebacker. That's going to be a big weakness they're going to have to figure out over the season. Number 18, it's going to take less than a month. For all the Bijan people out there to realize the error of their ways, to realize it was not, number one, probably ever going to happen. Number two, it was not a good idea. Like Jalen Carter's going to flash right away. He's going to show why he was worthy of that pick. And just that position is worthy of the pick. Meanwhile, the Eagles' run game and offense will be fine. Bijan Robinson will have some nice stats with the Falcons. The Eagles never needed him. It was insane. And I think people will realize that pretty, pretty quickly. Number 19, I do think Jalen Hurts still has a couple things to prove. I know for a lot of people out there, he's proved everything. He, he has two things to prove for me still. And I, I've been a fan of his from basically day one. He has to prove he could stay healthy over a full season, which he has not done yet in the NFL. And it's obviously a big thing when Marcus Mariota is the backup. And he has to prove he could sustain, sustainability. The great quarterbacks stack great years. They don't just have one. They stack great years. And they don't just have one and then fall off for two years and then come back and have a pretty good year. 
they stack them. It's why Cam Newton was never really an elite quarterback. He had some moments. He had a 15-1 year MVP, went to the Super Bowl, but then he fell seriously the next year. Got a stack big year. So two things left for Jalen Hurts to prove. All right, a few more here to round it out, and then we'll get Tucker's final thoughts. Um, with a weaker number one seed in the NFC, I think Detroit's going to be the number one seed. I do think the NFC is ripe this year to have someone who's not the number one seed get to the Super Bowl. I, I think Detroit feels to me like a, if they're a number one, they could be upset at somewhere you know along the playoffs. And I think the team to do that is the team that wins the NFC East. We'll probably be able to make the case if the Eagles get the five seed as a wild card, they could do it. It's really hard to win three road playoff games. It is really hard. So I think the battle between the Eagles and the Cowboys for the division, whether that is the two seed or the three seed, is going to end up the key. That team, I look at as a really great chance to get to the Super Bowl. The team that doesn't do it, that finishes the five seed, really tough path to get all the way. Number 21, as we come down the final stretch it takes here. Here's the Eagles record through that brutal stretch in November and December. Dallas at KC, Buffalo, San Francisco at Dallas at Seattle. I think that's a two and four stretch. I, I think we are discounting how tough that trip to Seattle will be after the trip to Dallas. All the travel in there, the bye week lines up with Andy's bye week, two Dallas games. That strikes me as a two and four stretch there. If the Eagles go three and three, it might be enough to push them over the top to maybe be the one seed. But I think it's two and four. They'll have a lot of wins early and they'll finish strong late to get to where they got to get to. NFC East order of finish. Eagles one, they break the curse of the NFC East. Cowboys two, Giants three, Commanders four. And the final record, Tucker, after looking at the schedule a bunch of times, I have the Eagles at 11 and six in 2023. Tucker, what are you thinking as we uh, make the predictions here? Yeah, I think it's funny because we look at this team and even though everyone's so so high and you know maybe you think they're better than they were a year ago or, or kind of on the same level, I think it's almost inevitable they take a step back at least in their final record, whether that's because of the schedule, whether that's because of you, know, you don't get the same turnover luck you did at the beginning of the season last year. You don't get the same injury luck that you had all of last season. You could win two or three less games and still be set up for success moving into the postseason. And I, I think I said this last year, and I feel this way, and pretty much for the next decade, it's going to come down to this, is the Eagles will go as far as Jalen Hurts takes them, right? Like as loaded as this team is, as much as we can talk about, you know, what the pass rush is going to do, and is Hassan Reddick going to be healthy? and what about the aging cornerbacks and the offensive line? It's going to come down to Jalen Hurts, right? They, they paid him to be the franchise quarterback in the offseason. And when you have issues like turnovers, like injuries, uh, you know, you have a bit of an aging team, especially, uh, you know, on the lines. It's going to come down to Jalen Hurts stepping up and being the franchise quarterback, playing like a guy who was runner up for MVP a year ago. And I don't know, like, I think 11 and 6, 12 and 5 is, is probably about right. That's about where I, I would have this team, um, given all of those factors. And I don't know if that will be enough to, to win the NFC. So I definitely don't think it'll be enough to, to get first place in the NFC and have home field advantage throughout the, the postseason. But I, I think 11 and 6, 12 and 5 is right about where I, I would fit them in. Yeah, and that could mean a tiebreaker wins the division because that's I have Dallas in that same range. Look at their schedule: eleven and six, twelve and five. Every game matters so much. It's going to be so much fun starting on Sunday. Appreciate everyone watching, listening, subscribing. First follow on the podcast. A little bit longer one today. Twenty three takes on the twenty twenty three Eagles. Have a great one. We'll talk soon right here on WIP Daily.